Welcome to the Crossroads Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Our series that we're in right now is called Unfollow. Everyone say unfollow. Unfollow. And you see, where we're coming from is that this is what the world tells you to do. That if you disagree, if you don't like what someone says, if you don't believe how Uh, what they believe or what they say or how they act or any of these things, if anybody posts anything against your personal opinions, you cancel, you unfollow. And you see, that's what the world wants you to do, right? They want you to cancel and unfollow everybody. And we're saying we think there is a better way. We think scripture lays out a better plan for each and every one of us, that we're not called to cancel people or uh, groups of people. We're not called to unfollow people. But I will tell you this, we are called to unfollow the ways of the world and follow the ways of the word. And you see, my personal belief, and I believe scripture puts it so clearly for each and every one of us in this room, that as we unfollow the world and we follow after God, we will begin to do what he's called us to do instead of canceling and unfollowing, but we're called to lead. Last week, we began this series, and I shared with you the, the verse that kind of sums it all up, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for all believers and unbelievers alike in speech, faith, life, love, and impurity. I don't care if you're a seventh grader in the room, a brand new seventh grader where you still look like you're in sixth grade and you're looking at these, you know, seniors and juniors in the room like, I hope I don't look like that when I go through puberty, right? But you might be a graduate in the room looking down on these sixth graders. Someone just told me a minute ago, like, man, these sixth graders are little. Like, I think your son is bigger than these sixth graders. And then I look at them, I'm like, they look like me. They're my same size. But here's the deal. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how old you are. God has called each and every one of us in this room to lead. So let's stop canceling people and let's start leading people. You see, you see it on the screens, kind of the tagline for this series is stop following, start leading. Stop following the things that the world is telling you to believe in and what the world is telling you to do and start leading as God has called you to lead. It doesn't matter if you're a seventh grader or a graduate. You're called to lead in the same capacity. You lead as you follow Jesus. And you see, when you look at the world and what it looks like to be a leader, it's drastically different than what God says it looks like to be a leader. You see, last week we talked about the shepherd. What does the shepherd do? The shepherd uh, protects the flock. He takes care of them with the, with the rod to make sure that, that no predators will enter into the flock and disrupt the unity. He also corrects with the staff. He, he grabs the, a hold around their neck with the, the crooked hook of the staff and points them in the right direction. But overall, what we see the shepherd doing is sacrificing. Sacrificing over and over and over again. Now, if you ask anybody in the world, a shepherd does not look like a leader. Looks like an outcast. And this morning, we're continuing the conversation. So what does the world say a leader looks like? What does the world say a leader does? I can tell you this morning, a leader in the world is someone that is all about self-power, self-promotion, self-promotion. Self-protection, it is all about you. 
That humility is a weakness. Your status is who you are. Your power is determined by your ruthlessness and how many people are underneath you. And you see, maybe you're a seventh grader, maybe you're a junior or a senior, but you've already experienced this, haven't you? That it feels like in order for you to lead in the world, you have to push people down. You got to roast them. You got to tell them, hey, you're no good at this. Just sit over there. Let me take control. That you got to be the best player on the team just to get the opportunity to lead. You see, that's not who our God is. To simply put, Jesus changed the world and the word leadership forever. And so when we look at Jesus, we see so many things that he did that when you ask the world, hey, is this a leader? They would go, no. But we all know, looking back, it's like he was the greatest leader of all time. And it's because of the things that he did differently, that he loved the least. He recovered the lost. He defended the defenseless. He included the outcasts and the stricken and the forbidden. He led in a type of leadership we're talking about today about servant leadership. See, to the world, that makes no sense. That's, that's an oxymoron that, wait a second, those, those are opposite things. They don't mix well together. They, they don't go together. But Jesus showed us and showed the world that when you begin to lift people up around you, when you begin to empower people around you to lead, you become a better leader because you're surrounded by leaders. Jesus showed us every single one of these things. In the world, so many times has looked back to Jesus, whether they were believers or unbelievers, but going, man, this is a, a great leader. What did he do? How can I mimic it? What can I do to look more like that? How can I have more respect? It's how you respect the people around you. How can I have more authority? It's that you empower people to have authority to speak into your life. And I believe just as Jesus called each of us individually to be shepherds, to, to protect, correct, and sacrifice, I believe he's calling all of us to the servant leadership mindset. So really what I want to tell you this morning is servant leadership comes down to one thing, humility. It's all about humility. So here's what humility is not. Humility does not equal humiliation. It does not mean looking into the mirror and just talking down on yourself. Well, I, I, Brian, I, I got to put myself lower than that. I, I got to roast myself. Why do you look like that? What, where'd that pimple come from? Why do you smell like that? People aren't going to like this, right? That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you to go home and just look in the mirror and like, you're horrible. No, don't do that. Humility is not humiliation. Humility is when you finally realize it's not about you. Humility is all about how you care for people, what you think of people, how you act upon that, what you do for those around you, how you lift other people up and empower them and help them lead as you are called to lead. But Satan will try to trick you. The enemy will come at you. He will speak words of division and humiliation into your life, making you think that now you're being humbled. God will never speak to you 
in a way of condemnation. He will speak to you in a way of grace. I've sent my son for you. You are worthy. You are my son and my daughter. There's no reason for you to look in the mirror and go, you're not good enough. You're too bad. You're too ugly. You're all these different things. No, he goes, I gave my son as a sacrifice for you. So don't look at yourself and think less of yourself. I'm asking you today, I'm challenging you. Don't do that, but think more of those around you. You see, that's what we see in Jesus' life. And this morning, I just wanna give a few verses to you that I love so dearly. It's in Philippians chapter two, starting in verse one. Paul writes these words, he says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. If you're looking for the definition, the biblical definition of what it looks like to have humility, to humble yourself, it is right there. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, by humility, count others more significant than yourselves. It's that you're raising people up around you. That you're not just thinking lowly of yourself. No, you're thinking higher of those around you. Remember, humility has nothing to do with you. It has to do with how you view those around you, how you empower those people around you. He continues, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So what is humility? What can we learn by Jesus being the servant leader and has, we are called to be like Jesus. We are called to be servant leaders as well. So what does it take this morning, I want to give you three simple points of what humility is based upon. Here's the first one. Humility is based on your position. I want to read you what I just read one more time so you get it. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, do you know who Jesus is? In the very beginning of creation, he was with God. He was creating the universe with God. He had all the powers. He was all, in all the places. He was right there, already in heaven. But it says Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So what did he do? He left heaven. He was already there. He left heaven to be born in a barn, to be killed on a cross. He positioned himself as lowly. So why would he do that? Why would the, the creator of the universe, why would the, the Godhead, why would Jesus Christ do all these things? It was for you. 
It was for me. He positioned himself lowly. He took the form of a servant. He became just like us. So we could be reunited with the Father and like him. You see, humility is based on your position. How are you positioning yourself to serve? How are you positioning yourself as a leader? Are you doing what the world says or what the word says? Are you looking down on people? Are you pushing down people? Are you saying, man, you're not good enough for this. Let me just take over. Are you going, hey, man, let's do this together. Are you offering a lending hand? Man, we got this. Let's lead. Let's go. Humility is based on your position. So practically speaking, here's what I believe that we can do. An easy way to position yourself lower, an easy way to position yourself as a servant, as Jesus Christ came to serve and not be served and gave his life as a ransom for many. If we're called to follow that, here's some practical things I believe we can do as followers, as believers. The way we can position ourselves, if you're a driver, if you already got your license, you just park a little further away so people older than you or, or people around you can walk a shorter distance. That's pretty easy, right? You're young, you got legs, so park farther away. Going, man, you know what? They're not going to be like, man, thank you for serving me today. They're not going to knock on your window like, dude, thank you for taking that parking spot so I can take this one. No one is going to recognize you, but guess what? It doesn't matter. Because who is recognizing you is the Father above going, finally. Finally, you're being a servant leader as I've called you to be. So park a little further away. When you're walking here at church or around our community, wherever you're at, pick up a piece of trash if you see it. They'll be like, oh, that's gross. I ain't touching that. No, be a servant leader. Get down there, pick up the trash. That was easy. Throw it away. And guess what? No one will recognize you. But it's okay, because he will. A few other things I believe we can do. Let someone go ahead of you in line. Pretty easy. And they're like, oh, you cut him, man. Cutters, cutters get cut. Get out of here. It's okay. You're going to get to the same place maybe a millisecond slower than they are. It's all right. You're all right. An easy one that you might grunt and huff and puff about. Let me tell you this. You do the dishes for your family. What? Are you kidding me, Brian? I can't do that one. And guess what? Your parents might go, oh, honey, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. And you go, mom, I'm trying to be a servant. No, don't do that. But guess what? It's okay if no one recognizes you when you pick up a piece of trash. It's okay if no one recognizes you when you take a farther parking spot away. But what you're doing, you will know this. God will know this because he knows your heart. He knows your mind. What you are doing is you're going, all right, how can I position myself lower so I can position other people higher? You're not thinking lower of you. You're just thinking higher of those around you. Humility is based on your position. Here's the second thing I see in humility, or in Philippians chapter 2. We see that God did not, or Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The action of emptying himself is this that we can get today. 
Humility is based on your position and based on your posture. Jesus emptied himself. He let it go. It doesn't matter about my desires or what I'm doing. Practically speaking, humility is having the posture of going, all right, man, come on, let's do this. Let me help you out. When you look at Jesus, no other leader was like him, but every leader looks back to him going, man, I want to be like that. That's how you lead. No other leader postured themselves in a way to wash the feet of disciples. Now today, that's still gross, right? Like, don't be taking your shoes off. Don't be taking your socks off. I don't know what kind of fungus you got in there. Like, you nasty. It don't matter if you're a junior high student. It don't matter if you're 40 years old. Don't take your shoes off around me. I don't want to see them stinky feet, all right? But imagine the posture it must have taken for Jesus. These guys... We say they were walking around in sandals. It wasn't really a glorified version of, of your cool Crocs or anything like that. It was sandals, man. They were, they were barely shoes at all. And as they're walking about, imagine the dirt, imagine the filth. And let's just say this, in that period of time, there was no city sanitation. Are you following what you would do? In a bucket, in a bag, throw it on the streets. Guess what the disciples did? They walked in the street. You, you feel me, right? But even then, Jesus postured himself in a way to wash the defeat of the feet of the disciples. How disgusting that must have been. But you see, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. What other leader? touched and associated himself with lepers in this period of time. They were outcasts. You don't talk to them. What other leader talked to an outcast? He went into the Samaritan village, and in that period of time, you were not called to associate with those people. And if you were a Jew associating with a Samaritan, you were then outcasted, but yet he still did it because he was a leader. What other leader in this time period would honor children? We gotta, we gotta lead them. We gotta show them who Jesus is. We gotta show them the Father. What other leader included the excluded? What other leader gave outcasts and sinners a voice and a way back to the Father? There will never be another leader like Jesus, but we are called to lead like Jesus. We're called to be servant leaders. There's a quote I want to give you, and I, I honestly don't know who said it, but it's remained with me so many times. Matt Cameron has said it. Barry has said it over and over and over again. I've heard it multiple times in my life. If service is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. If you can't serve, you can't lead. If service is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. We are called to lead as we follow Jesus Christ leading us. We're called to serve as he served. We're called to love as he loved. We're called to give grace as he gives grace to us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-6 through 6 says, Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humility is based upon your position. How are you positioning yourself with those around you? 
It's not thinking lowly of yourself. It's just thinking higher of those around you. And what is your posture around people? Like Jesus, he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. How are you? What are you doing? See, Philippians chapter two, it continues, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Humility is based upon your position, your posture, and power. Humility is based on your power. Now wait till you're done taking that in for a second. Because let's be real, it's not about your power. Jesus, the creator, one with God, came to be born in a barn and hung on a cross in obedience. Essentially, we hear it over and over and over again. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Not by my power, but by your power. Not by my might, but by your might. Not by anything that I can do, but by everything you can do. Your humility is based on your power and where you put your power. Is it in yourself or is it in the the creator? Is it in what you can do or is it what he can do through you? Amen? It's not about you. It's all about him. So I want to give you this verse as we close today. James chapter four, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Let me give it to you again. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. The world will do everything they can to make you believe that if you follow their ways, and their culture, and their tips and tricks for leadership, that you'll be the best leader there ever was. But let me tell you, it might work for a season. It might work for a period of time, but you will always fall. Because what we know is God exalts the humble and humbles the exalted. It's all about his plan, not about yours. So if we are called to be servant leaders, we're called to have humility. That means we have to position ourselves lower so we can position other people higher. We gotta posture ourselves as Jesus Christ. Mark 10, 45, for Jesus came to serve and not be served and gave his life as a ransom for many. If God can serve, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? And remember that line, that quote that has stuck with me for so many years. If serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. Jesus shows us that first. So we're called to posture ourselves in a way where we can serve 
where we can do everything we can to empty ourselves, to sacrifice ourselves, to sacrifice our time and our energy, whatever we have to do to exalt the risen Savior. And last but not least, humility is based on your power. Don't think for a second that you will become the leader you want to be by your power. You can only become the leader God has called you to be by his power. So church, will we serve? Will we lead? Will we follow the ways the word has for us and unfollow the ways of the world? Because now is the time. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and make sure to tag us at Crossroads Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.